It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily Penn State Nittany Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Stephen Pianovich. It is Thursday, November 15th. Thank you so much for joining me here. Penn State getting ready for its next-to-last regular season contest. Nittany Lions head out to the Garden State, playing Rutgers in Piscataway, New Jersey this weekend. A noon kick. Penn State a big favorite in that one. We're going to talk a little bit about that game on today's show. We'll touch on a few different things. I have my three things to know this week off the off the bat here. And later in the show, I'm going to be joined by Adam Bittner of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We're going to talk a little Penn State. We're going to talk a little rank some bowl destinations, some potential bowl places that Penn State will probably go this year. And uh, we also have Penn State trivia, a couple uh, multi-answer Penn State trivia questions to close out the show. So all that coming up on today's show. If you've missed anything earlier this week, uh, we didn't have a show on Wednesday, but we did have two shows one on Monday with our Monday Rewind, looking back at the Wisconsin game, and another on Tuesday with John McGonigal of the Center Daily Times. Uh, we talked to John about the Badgers, a little bit about Miles Sanders, bowl games, some other things. So if you missed either of those shows and want to hear a little bit about Wisconsin or Miles Sanders, go back and check those out. Uh, but today's show, uh, at least, will have a little bit more of a Rutgers focus as much as one can. So let's dive into the three things to know this week. For Penn State fans, number one is that Penn State is back to 14th in the college football playoff poll. Those new rankings came out on Tuesday night. So Penn State jumped back up to 14th in those rankings. And that means that a New Year's Six Bowl game, which would probably be the Peach, maybe the Fiesta, is is still very much alive. And at this point, it is looking like maybe a toss-up for Penn State. Uh, We'll get into that here. But Those new rankings come out. Penn State was 14th in the initial rankings at the end of October. After the blowout to Michigan, they dropped to 20th. And then Penn State takes care of business at home against Wisconsin. A bunch of other teams ahead of them slip up. And now Penn State is back to number 14. So what does this mean for Penn State's bowl possibilities? Well, if you look at a lot of the bowl projections, there's dozens of them out there. Uh, A handful of them have Penn State in a New Year's Six game. Uh, I know the Athletics, Stuart Mandel, the Athletic, puts these together. Uh, They have Penn State going to the Peach Bowl, and in that game we'll be playing West Virginia, which would be a really cool matchup. I think that might be best-case scenario for Penn State. I know ESPN is projecting Penn State to go back to Arizona and the Fiesta Bowl, which would also be a good way to end this season. Obviously, this season and last season are, are kind of not really comparable, and I, it, you would certainly say that last year's team was more talented and, and had a better season than this one, but this team could go 9-3, and three and with the way these rankings shake out and the how attractive Penn State is to people who host bowl games with the way the fan base travels, Penn State could end up back in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, if they don't go to a New Year's Six game, meaning uh, one of the, it's basically like the old BCS games, um, they will either go to the Citrus Bowl, 
which is in Orlando, or the Outback Bowl, which is in Tampa. So those are looking like the four uh, basic bowl destinations right now for Penn State. It'll be one of those four unless something crazy happens and they lose to Rutgers and or Maryland. Um, But ESPN uh, FPI is giving Penn State an 85% chance to win out its last two games. You would expect them to be able to do so. Um, So a 9-3 and finish with Penn State. And they're still a pretty attractive team. To get into one of those New Year's Six games, uh, they have to be in, I believe it to be among the top 12. And uh, you could get that invite to a New Year's Six game. And they're basically battling it out with a couple other three-loss teams, including Florida, um, Syracuse right now has two losses, but they still have to play Notre Dame and Boston College. Syracuse is 12th. So if Syracuse loses to Notre Dame this week, maybe Penn State moves up another rung on the ladder. Um, Florida, I think Florida plays Idaho this week because the SEC is taking the week off. But after that, they play Florida State. Obviously, the Seminoles are having a very, very down year, but still in-state rivalry. Florida could slip up there. UCF is undefeated. They have to play a ranked Cincinnati team this week, also play a good South Florida team to close out the season. They could slip up. Washington State uh, only has one loss, but who knows if they get to the Pac-12 title game. If they lose to Washington, they could also lose that game. Uh, West Virginia, like same same kind of idea. They could slip up here in one of the last two weeks and also in a title game. So there could be a lot of other three-loss teams. Look at Texas is behind Penn State right now, but they have three losses who are going to be in the mix for uh, these committees making these these bowl picks. Um, basically, if Penn State wins out and Florida loses, it looks like almost a guarantee that Penn State would go to one of these games. Uh, but without that, it's kind of uh, still up in the air. But we're getting a clearer picture. Basically, Penn State just needs to take care of business, and they're, uh, they're going to be ranked pretty high because it's been a... It has been a weird year in college football. There's Alabama and there's Clemson and Notre Dame and Michigan look pretty good. But after that, not not that many really good teams and maybe a weaker top 15, top 20 than we're used to seeing in college football. So good news for a team like Penn State who has three losses but could still very much get into one of those major bowl games. All right, second thing to know this week. It's about Rutgers. And it is this: Rutgers is sensationally bad this year. They, I, I, I think most Penn State fans just expect Penn State to go in and cruise over them, and that Rutgers shouldn't be in the Big Ten because they are not worthy of it. They are not a good team. They do not play like a Power Five team. Those assumptions are correct. Rutgers is one and nine. That one win is against Texas State, who is a three and seven team in the Sun Belt. Rutgers has not won a Big Ten game. This year, they're 0-7 in the Big Ten. Out of conference, they also lost to Kansas. Yes, the Kansas Jayhawks. They have a football team, and that football team beat Rutgers by 41 points in September. Uh, Rutgers has lost nine games by an average margin of 25 points. It's actually, they, they haven't, the, the point differentials are getting a little bit better. They only lost to Northwestern by three. That's Big Ten champion Northwestern. Rutgers almost threw a wrench in the Big Ten West race, crazy enough. Uh, but they only lost to Northwestern by three and lost to Wisconsin by 14. And they did have the same margin of defeat against Michigan that Penn State did. Still, Penn State is a 26-point favorite. It's going to win this game by a lot of points. But uh, yeah, Rutgers is, is very bad. They are, and they went four and eight last year. That's the thing. They went four and eight last year, three and six in Big Ten play, but they have taken a large, large leap backward um, they average 14 and a half points per game, which is the worst scoring offense in Division I college football. 
They also give up uh, a little over 34 points a game, which ranks their defense 104th in the nation. Their quarterbacks this season have combined to throw four touchdowns and 18 interceptions in 10 games. So basically averaging half a touchdown pass and two interceptions per game. Uh, they CBS Sports does a bottom 25, ranking the 25 worst teams in the country. Rutgers is number three on that list. So yeah, they have been, even by Rutgers standards, just a huge disappointment this season. And uh, a team Penn State should certainly not lose to or even really play close on Saturday. So hopefully Penn State makes it easy and takes care of business and maybe increases that margin of defeat for Rutgers, pushes them to one and 10. All right, third thing to know this week, switch gears back to Penn State hoops. Uh, they are 2-0. and We talked about them a little bit last week. We previewed the season with Eric Gibson of Roar Lions Roar, who knows Penn State hoops better than anyone. Uh, if you want to go check that out, that was on Friday's show. Um, but Penn State is 2-0, and which is nice, but those two wins are against North Florida and Jacksonville State. Uh, but the thing that stands out to me about Penn State basketball's first two games is not the results. It is that they are getting huge contributions from a pair of their talented and well, well-touted freshmen, Miles Dredd and Razier Bolton, uh, both guards. Uh, they've both been really good. Again, not playing huge opponents in, in, in huge situations, but still, in their first two college games, they look great. Uh, Miles Dredd had 17 and in the opener, and he was uh, four for eight on threes in that game. Bolton had 13 in the opener. He followed it up with 25 points against Jacksonville State, and uh, in the first two games, he's six for 11 from beyond the arc. So these guys look good. They're spacing the floor well. They're shooting well. It's giving Penn State more of a look like a team that can be really good. And, and they're playing well. They're distributing the ball really well. They are. They look good. Yes, with the caveat that is North Florida and Jacksonville State are not great teams. Uh, Lamar Stevens, who is their their star this year, he's going to be probably end up with their leading scorer. Uh, the junior uh, wing is averaging 23 and a half per game. And also nine and a half boards in 22 in the opener, 25 uh, in the second game against Jacksonville State. So things are looking good for Penn State. They're doing this without big man Mike Watkins, who is still uh, out kind of with a suspension as some off the court things play out. But Penn State basketball off to a solid start. Maybe they can keep it up. They, they do have a couple tough games in the non-con that will come up here in the coming weeks. Um, they do play and they also play DePaul on Thursday night. Oh, and that game is on FS1. It's on the road in Chicago against that DePaul team, at least a better known team than North Florida or Jacksonville State. So maybe that'll give us a better sense of, of who this team is. But so far, so good for PSU Hoops. All right. Those are our three things to know this week. We have to step away for a quick break. But when I come back, we're going to be joined by Adam Bittner from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lions. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you're a college football fanatic. You don't just want to watch the game, you need to watch the game. That's why I'm telling you, you need to check out Sling TV. For just 30 bucks a month, you get ESPN, Pac-12 Network, the SEC Network, and more. You can stream the big games on your big screen and all your favorite devices with Sling TV. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, but it's better. There are no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. If you want to check out Sling TV, Locked on Nittany Lions listeners can get a special seven-day free trial. Go to sling.com slash locked on, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, 
and sign up for your free seven-day trial today. Sling.com slash locked on and find out why Sling TV is the best way to watch college football. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right. I am happy to be joined now by Adam Bittner. He is a senior digital sports producer at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, also a fellow Penn State graduate. Adam, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Stephen. Good to be with you again. Yeah, thanks for joining me here again. Uh, you were at the Wisconsin game last weekend, and I was just thinking back now with Penn State only having one home game remaining. It's been a unusually bad year at Beaver Stadium, I'd say, uh, compared to the last two years when Penn State didn't lose. Um, they've had two losses, a, a couple close calls in, in some other games. Wisconsin game wasn't quite as close, and it was uh, maybe not the most exciting game Penn State has played, but it was a double-digit win against a half-decent team. Would you say that the Wisconsin game was Penn State's most enjoyable home game this year? However you want to define that. I would say it's its most complete effort against a team with a pulse. I don't okay. know if I enjoyed it. There was a lot of <laughs> nothing going on for a lot of yeah. that game. And I, uh, we were talking a little bit before. I said we had some parking issues, so I didn't get until the end of the uh, the first quarter because of the – the grass lots being closed, and that's a whole other story. But um, I missed the the long run by Taylor in the first quarter, and then pretty much from there, I never got the impression that Wisconsin was going to threaten Penn State at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was a little bored. But uh, so I, I'd say in terms of excitement and possibly you know satisfaction after the win, I would probably rank the Iowa game a little bit higher. But okay. Um, you know, Penn State almost lost that game too, so I can understand anyone who would say, "Well, maybe that wasn't the most complete performance." Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you look at the—they've had four wins at home. Appalachian State game—you were on the edge of your seat for bad reasons in the at the in the fourth quarter in overtime. And Kent State, who really cares? And then Iowa, and Wisconsin—they were good wins, but yeah, it's this kind of feels like one of those teams from maybe the late aughts that. Not like those really good teams, like not like 2008, but like some of those other ones where they would just kind of grind out some wins against other seven-win teams and and kind of, you know, not that exciting. I did say at one point, I think during the uh, Michigan game, that it felt a lot like the Morelli years, so I think that's an apt mm. comparison. Um, wow, what an era. You kind of felt like Penn State was good enough to play with the teams it lost to, but they almost, in every, you know, in every situation where they had a chance to get a big win, they didn't do it. And, um, and they ended up going to pretty mediocre bowls. Um, so we'll see if, if this team follows that trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. It's a perfect segue. I wanted to talk about bowl situations because, uh, I mentioned this earlier on the show, Penn state moved up to 14th in the college football rankings that came out on Tuesday night, uh, which is exactly where they were going into the mission game. It seems unjust to that a team can basically get shut out 42 to nothing and then keep its ranking a week later by beating a average team. Um, but Penn State can, this, this really does open the door to a New Year's Six Bowl, 
which would probably be the Peach Bowl. There is an outside chance that they would get invited back to the Fiesta Bowl. Um, in terms of basically, would you rather, you've been to a couple Penn State Bowl games, would you rather go to the Peach Bowl and have a little more prestige, but go to a city like Atlanta, which doesn't have a beach, or go to Tampa in the Outback Bowl or Orlando, which has a bunch of roller coasters? Is there a preference there? Um, as a, form, a former Florida resident, I have almost no use for any of the bowl games in Florida whatsoever. Mm. Um, especially like, could I could I see myself going to Disney at some point? Sure. Do I want to go there in at Christmas time when it's like Oof. full bore, you know, full blown tourist? Yeah, tr- you know, tourist well, trap. I mean, okay, Disney people. Disney World's full blown tourist trap. 24 7 365 but that's well, but, but that, like i know christmas is like their bit like one of the big okay it doesn't get much bigger at disney than than christmas time so i want nothing to do with that um and then sometimes the weather in in tampa can be disappointing at this time of year or at bowl time of year in january so people go down there and, and they're hoping for like 85 degree weather and it ends up being like 60 and yeah. you're like well this is nicer than home but it's not exactly nice um so I, you know, if I'm Penn State, I, I want to go to the big bowl games, even if there's no beach involved. Maybe we get some barbecue in Atlanta or something. I don't, is that something they do well down there? Uh, that's a great question. I've never been to Atlanta. I feel like I mean, barbecue's not, I think they're a little too far south for barbecue. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I may just be projecting, but yeah. I don't know. Penn State probably hasn't been to a bowl game in Atlanta for a long time. So I think it'd be. I think it'd be neat to check out a new town for a bowl game. So, um, and it, depending upon the matchup, I, I, I you know, for in terms of vacation, I wouldn't mind going back to the desert um, if I was going. Um, the Fiesta Bowl is a good time. Um, I think it's a little underrated. It's a little more expensive if you're flying from the Northeast, but um, mm-hmm. you know, Penn State could do worse. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I'm with you on the Peach Bowl. I think it'd be more fun. Uh, you'd play a better opponent, like maybe like a West Virginia. That could be cool. New stadium down there. Probably be fun to go to. And not a really too far of a journey during the holidays. So yeah, quick. Yeah, flight. I mean that's that's my pick. I don't I don't think. I mean I guess the Citrus Bowl could be fun. I, eh, I'd probably either rather go Outback than Citrus. I just don't want to go to Orlando. Yeah, I kind of feel that. If I had to, if I had to rank them, I'd probably go uh, Peach Fiesta. Uh, Outback and then Citrus. I'd put Cheez-Its at number one, but that's just me. Where's that one? I think it's at the Diamondback Stadium in Phoenix. Oh, yeah, no. the Cactus Bowl. The old no, Cactus Bowl. Now the Cheez-Its Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. I was at the Cactus Bowl last year. I saw Kansas State versus uh, UCLA without wow. Josh Rosen. Wow. And now they could win a big bowl of Cheez-Its. I got a, instead uh, of a big sure. bowl of cactuses. I got a churro dog there where they put the, the churro between like uh, a long donut and then mm. they put ice cream on top of it. And there's a hot uh, dog in there? No, it's a it's a churro dog and the churro oh. is the dog. Oh. Yeah. Well, they shouldn't call it a dog then because I, I, I'm that's going to drive people away. They're thinking they're getting it, an ice cream covered hot dog. It looks like a hot dog. So, I, I mean, I guess that's what they're going for, but. Well, maybe the Cheez-Its Bowl people will take over and, and, and rebrand because they should. Perhaps. We'll see. We have to step away for another quick break. Stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lions. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. I'm with Adam Bittner of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Adam, before we let you go, I have two multi-answer trivia questions here that uh, that recall some some names of Penn State's yesteryears. Uh, some good ones here. Are, are, are you up to the task? I mean, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. All right, so the first one has to do with Penn State running backs. Miles Sanders broke the 1,000-yard barrier with a nice big day against Wisconsin on Saturday. And there have been seven other Penn State running backs since 2000 who have broken the 1,000-yard barrier. Some of them did it multiple times. Can you name those seven other running backs? Since 2000? All right, let's let's go uh, uh, Larry Johnson. Yeah, it is 2002. He only did it once, but he did it in a big way. Uh, Tony Hunt. Tony Hunt did it twice, 05 and 06. Uh, Rodney Kinlaw. Rodney Kinlaw did break the four-digit mark in 07. You're, you're three for three so far, going in perfect chronological order. Um, so that would leave us at Evan Royster. Evan Royster. 9, 10, and, and 2010, yeah. He did it three times. Okay, so then... You three, uh, you're down to three more. Zach Zwinak. Zach Zwinak, yeah. He did it in 2012. He actually, I think he did. I think he had exactly a thousand yards that year, and then like the next year, him and Bill Belton both had about nine hundred. So, but yeah, Zach Winnick, twenty twelve or five. Yeah. Did someone do it in twenty eleven? Yes, you're missing two. You have two left. Well, Saquon is obviously the other one. Yeah, obviously he did so, it fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen. Blank on who the running back was in two thousand eleven. Oh come on, it's a it's a memorable name. Wasn't on the team in 2012, and people were mad about it. I am drawing a total blank. Went to USC. Was very Silas good. Red. Silas Red oh, in 2011 Silas had a thousand yards. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I probably would not have. I probably would not have gotten that without the clue, because I would not have thought he went for a thousand. I knew he was like decent, but like he just didn't jump into my mind as ever having played enough to get a thousand yards. Yeah, he was like their main guy in 2011. He was, he was. but that team was like. Oh, I want to talk about a boring team. Goodness. Well, they couldn't right, throw the they couldn't throw the ball, so they had to they had to run all the time. That's true. That's true. Um, all right. The other trivia question. This one brings in our, our friends from Rutgers. Um, in Penn State's first meeting as Big Ten foes with Rutgers back in 2014, on a September night in Piscataway, Rutgers quarterback Gary Nova threw five interceptions to four different Penn State defenders. Can you name those four Penn State defenders? Oh, geez. This is a tough one. Probably not. (laughs) Two of them are currently playing in the NFL, defensive backs. Um, Adrian Amos. Amos had one. There you go. It's another cornerback who I believe is on the Chargers. Not helping. 
He used to be, he, I think he started his Penn State career as a receiver, and then he went to corner in the sanctioned years. I'm blanking. I'm blanking on all of these. Uh, well, Trevor Williams had two picks that day. Oh, wow. Trevor Williams is a deep cut. Trevor Williams. Um, one of them was a linebacker, 2014. This guy stuck around. He was, I guess he was a sophomore at the time because he was on the 2015 and 2016 teams. Linebacker. His first uh, name and last name start with the same letter. Brandon. Um, yep. Brandon Bell. That is correct. And then there's one more. It was a safety. Uh, this guy I I had a scary medical situation that year, and uh, which sidelined him for a while. I think ended his Penn State career. Safety. Um, I think he's from Pennsylvania. Was number twenty three, if my memory serves me correctly. I am still blanking. Uh, it was Ryan Kaiser. Remember Ryan oh, Kaiser? Wow. Yeah, yeah I do remember Ryan Kaiser. Ryan Kaiser. Yeah. So those are the five Penn Staters with interceptions off of Gary Nova. Who was the one about. that did it twice? Trevor Williams did had two. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So. There you have it. That is, well, I wonder how many interceptions Penn State will have on Saturday. All right, Adam Bittner from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Appreciate the time as always. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, having me on. All right, that will do it for today's show. Thank you as always for listening. We will be back tomorrow on Friday with our final Rutgers preview show. Talk about a couple other quick things uh, to know as Penn State's heads to play the Scarlet Knights. We'll also have our weekly top five countdown on that show. Uh, if you Again, if you've missed any episodes, uh, we've had two episodes earlier this week, both looking back at Wisconsin. Uh, one was our Monday Rewind. One was with John McGonagall of the Center Daily Times. I urge you to go check those out if you haven't heard them already. And you can find Locked on Nittany Lines basically wherever you get your podcasts. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find Locked on Nittany Lions. And uh, also, if you could subscribe to the show, and uh, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review. We really appreciate it. All right, we'll be back on Friday for more Penn State Rutgers talk. I'll see you then. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.